Hey guys, welcome back to the Dayhan Podcast. A very special episode today. My first ever repeat guest. You guys know him, fan favorite. You guys love him. I kind of do as well. Welcome back, Roman. Happy to have you on again. What's up, buddy? Let's run it back for episode two, loud and proud. Glad to be back. What's going on, man? I'm not going to lie. I love the podcasting. I know you're a big supporter as well. I think you're my number one supporter, even over my girlfriend. I think uh, <laughs> you're my number one supporter. Sorry, Katie. Yes, exactly. But you've been bringing me guests like left and right, and I cannot thank you enough. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like I said, back in episode one, where uh, it hits a little different when you get to see, you know, someone very near and dear to you just do well, succeed and uh, start something of his own and get to watch that thing grow. Yeah, I know. I've seen you do it. Now it's my turn to do it, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I, I was uh, outside working out today. I was at Holman Middle School, and I wanted to talk to you about sports because you are a former college athlete. I wanted to go into the benefits of playing sports. I didn't start playing sports until when I was in middle school. I think playing sports or doing activities like that, where there's like teamwork involved, a lot of Exposure to other people in a very stimulating environment like that, I think it's very, very positive and very important. So, I mean, you played at all levels. So, I want to pick your brain on like the benefits of playing sports, interacting with different people, especially with all walks of life. So, if you can just kind of go back from even when you first started, maybe Pee Wee or like first grade, what have you, just any sports you played when you were younger and sort of the positivity that you got out of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't start playing sports till later in middle school um, for really reasons unknown. I think I always had the green light for my mom to play sports. I just think it took a little bit of that self-interest within me to develop and for me to find out like, hey, like I love sports and I'd love to get paid to play them one day. <laughs> now, I've never really gotten paid to play sports one day. Uh, so yeah, I think it just took uh, for me to develop that interest to find out, hey, I really love sports and I want to go out and try it. And that was all she wrote starting in seventh, seventh grade in middle school and then moving on to high school. And then in high school, having the opportunity to try different sports now and then kind of at the end of high school deciding, hey, which one am I going to play in college? I had a few different options to play. Hey, there you go. Yeah, one. Yeah, had options. <laughs> Very it's small time. Small time. Still. I'm a firm believer that anyone can go play anywhere in any sport if they put their mind to it and with a little bit, obviously, of natural talent. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then decided to hone in on one throughout college. College career didn't really work out how I wanted it to, but still blessed with the experience and the knowledge that I have. Mm -hmm. And then immediately got out of college, saw, you know, very little opportunity to go and play at a a more serious level so just decide to turn around and coach high school sports now that's awesome so going back to your middle school days what was the first sport that you picked up football seventh really? grade tryouts football showed up out of shape worst kid on the team i'm, I'm even like embarrassed and afraid to tell people what my 40 time was and you guys did a 40 when you were we in did seventh a 40 grade? when i was in seventh grade and this was what? this was like before the housing bubble yeah, so mm -hmm. like, you know, early that 2000s, we actually did a 40 hand-timed, and the PE teacher was my football coach. I, I couldn't even tell you how to – I don't even think I ran in a straight line. Like, I was, I thought it was like a suicide or something. Yeah. It was just like – it was bad, man. Didn't know anything about anything. I remember playing in games, but because, you know, at that level, you kinda, yeah, you know, that's true. everyone everyone gets to, yeah, everyone gets to play. Mm -hmm. And literally, in it, I had no idea what was going on. 
seventh grade, eighth grade, same thing. Nothing really changed, right? Yeah. Except pr- I probably grew a little taller, gained some weight, right? And just literally had no idea conceptually what the game was about, what it did. You got to remember too, you know, born born in Ukraine, parents mm-hmm. are European, uh, soccer, biggest sport, right, in Europe. Yep. But mother, my mother actually grew up playing basketball, just naturally gravitated to basketball as well, loved basketball. And then uh, just kind of all my friends were talking about football, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, let's just try it out. And yeah. it just not did not go that well. And eventually throughout high school and, you know, developing a craft and putting putting your eyes on the prize and uh, even y- using it as a, as a means to afford college. Yeah. And backing that up with a grind, with a work ethic, with resilience. So when you first started, well, for those of you who don't know, Roman's like six six. This man's really, really tall. He's, <laughs> he's he's built like that. But when you first started, like, well, you 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 said you were out of shape. But how tall were you back then? I was uh, six foot going into high school. Oh, damn, already. So I was probably close to six foot at the end of middle school. Yeah, yeah. Hit my growth for sophomore year of high school. And ended up jumping to six four, and then probably throughout the second half of high school grew to six six. Jeez, yeah, it didn't stop, did it? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like I said, definitely blessed, man. That advantage helped me in every single sport that I played. Absolutely. But it it wasn't just that, you know, because I know a lot of people that are my height that are just uncoordinated and bad at what they do, and I know a lot of people that are a lot shorter, smaller than I am, that are a whole lot more athletic than I am and a whole lot more athletic than a lot of people that I know, you know, so it's, uh, takes both sides, you know, because I remember when I played similar to you, I played football. That was my first sport and that was the only sport I played, but man, I hated practice. I hate everything about it. It was so hard. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, conditioning, like hitting, like I, I was just not used to that. I think I, I think I play just to, like, make friends. Like a social thing. Yeah, I think so. And to get out of the house. Probably, I think, improve. Well, I think at that point, my English was pretty on on par. But I think I was doing it for all those reasons, to, like, just get out, out of the house more and just do things. And my parents were like, no, I think it would be good for you to do something like that. So I, I started using football as a vehicle to do that. But, man, I hated it. I think I hated it so much that I would take the bus home and then go to my friend's house, and then when football practice is over, I would my friend's mom would drive me to back to school so my, my dad or my brother would pick me up from quote-unquote football practice. I hated it that much. <laughs> yeah. I actually think, thinking about it now and just talking and airing it out, that my self-interest in middle school was partially influenced by the uh, by the notion that the cool kids were doing it and played true. sports, right? That's like, true. You know, I wanted to be the guy that was just like, the jock, stereotypical yeah. jock. Yep. And uh, I just really thought girls at that time would like that. I th- Yeah, I think especially the cool, like, dudes, they definitely played sports. They were the act- athletic dudes. I don't know about what well, you were doing 40-yard times, so you guys were doing another level, but my guy was like a, you know, redneck type of coach. He was like, let's hit, let's hit, let's hit, let's run. Like, <laughs> it, he was that type of guy, but – um. How was how was your experience with for you playing for your middle school team? I there are distinct moments and memories yeah. that I have and that I remember, but I just it, from an organizational standpoint, it just wasn't good. I mean, truly, what you know, 
I'm sure there are middle schools out there somewhere in America that just run it and, you know, they're undefeated. They're really good. Yeah. And they really develop kids well. This was kind of like, you know, we won one or two games a year. Same, same. I actually, like, missed games during those seasons. I just didn't go to games that I didn't want to go to. Cause really? It, cause, yeah, because the commitment, the commitment factor to the sport that I was playing wasn't developed yet. Yeah. So, you know, built up some self-interest. Thought it was cool. Wanted to do it because I thought, you know, quote, air quotes, the popular kids were doing it. And then the commitment factor didn't really follow. You know, I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, I could still do whatever I want and miss games if I want to. Unfortunately, never missed a game, you know, after middle school. But definitely middle school didn't take it. There was, there was absolutely nothing that I learned because I just don't think anyone, you know, self-agency, like I say all the time, has to take into effect sooner or later. And, uh, you know, I didn't really take the time to study the game and understand it. But at the same time, no one really sat me down and explained, like, hey, you're in this position because we're trying to do X. Mm-hmm. And you need to step this way to yeah. accomplish this goal. And just all those very basic, you know, yeah, big uh, overarching, overarching theme things. I agree. And especially because we come from an immigrant background, like that's not our first sport, at least not when I, when I was a kid. It was career, not I, my first sport. Right? You, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, like, like you said, soccer is like the international sport really. Um, but obviously in America it's, it's football. But when I started, that was a huge learning curve. I, I did not know how to tackle. I did not even know how to hold on to a football. None of those things. So that in itself was a huge learning curve. And, and we'll get into our high school days as well. But now just looking back, and the whole reason I bring this up is because I just saw a bunch of kids getting together, like bonding, even in, in COVID at like times. Like I'm like, man, that is so good for their development. It's it's pretty, I, I would say it's almost a needed. Well, I mean, obviously you can do band and, and things like uh, along those lines, but in, to be in a controlled environment where you're, continuing to fail, continuing to work hard, there's discipline, there's success, teamwork, all those things into one. And I think that is why sports is so important, so critical, it's so prevalent. And probably, uh, man, I feel like we're on the parenting podcast here because the first, <laughs> the part one, we're talking about parenting uh, advice. Um, and again, we're only 26-year-olds, but I, I, I cannot stress the importance of playing sports when you're younger. Just looking back at it now. Yeah, I think something that is key to a child's development is uh, being in an environment with a diverse group of people Mm -hmm. that are trying to accomplish one goal, whether that be music, choir, band, sports, Mm -hmm. different clubs, whatever it may be, as long as that exposure is there to, again, that different group of people trying to uh, unify towards that one goal and accomplish that goal, that's great. I think one of the worst things you can do in the development of a child or teenager is just leave them alone with no yeah. goals, Yeah, right? It's like, hey, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu, golf, it's very mental. I think there is a lot of development and stimulation in in, uh, in a young kid's mind. I mean, especially when you're a guy, you don't really need a whole lot of stimulation, you yeah. know? It's it's very beneficial, um, I think, to development. And as you get older, I, I think that carries over. Like what you learn playing sports, the hard work you got to put in, concept of working hard, concept of doing something continuously to develop a skill i think that carries over and you said diverse group of people coming together for one goal i mean that that's what you say in an interview you know to impress somebody you know for like a potential employee yeah so i mean all that is very translated to 
as you grow up, you you can get jobs that way. You can you can call upon those experiences and skills for future endeavors. Yeah, I will say that the uh, the downside to all that is I've seen to the extreme parents push their kids. Yeah. And now their kids are, you know, have ankle weights at the age of five and are doing drills at mm-hmm. six and seven years old. Mm-hmm. And it was never really like the kid's decision or they didn't display the interest first. Mm-hmm. And that's all they're doing is just, I guess, reliving like their parents' dreams or goals for them. Yeah. And I just see them, you know, do their thing in middle school and high school, guys that I played with, and then burn out and never want to touch a football again even make it to college play college and then never touch a football or even want to touch a football again after that just because of that pressure that we talked about like in episode one Mm. and uh i just think that's in every realm that we're going to talk about i'm back to just let the kid decide as you should whether it's sports or like freaking beauty pageants or becoming a singer or becoming like famous nowadays i think that's very wrong to as a parent to use your vehicle to accomplish things that you can achieve in your lifetime and granted i'm sure you have good intention in mind but you gotta let the kid do whatever he wants but i'm just coming from an angle where abilities the skills the mind development um, a young child goes through, especially playing sports. I think you, it's very uncomparable. It's a very controlled environment. Like you're not going to just because you lose, you're not going to like lose like your money. You know, when you're a kid, right? Like lose your mortgage. Yeah, your like marriage. that's <laughs> why I say like it's a controlled like experiment. Essentially, like yeah. you can lose. It losing is great because you learn from it. There's always something. That doesn't mean I like it though. Well, yeah, like but but that's the that's the beauty of it, right? You but it don't has want utilities. Lose. Yes, it serves a purpose. Yeah, and of course, in the business sense as well, you have to lose in order to gain experiences and knowledge to to win. As a kid, that's awesome because even though you lose, it doesn't affect any of your aspect of your life. Now, I mean, like you want to win every game, but you don't, your money's not taken away from you. Your mortgage is not taken away from you. So you learn those valuable skills in a control environment. Yeah, I think one of the most beautiful things that sports spectators and fans overlook is the coming together of people from all different backgrounds and experiences, all putting that aside, still functioning within their personality to a certain degree, but ultimately unifying towards whatever uh, the leader of that group's goal is and i think that is uh just beautiful from any age right whether it's youth league to professional sports i think everyone has a story that they bring to the table and to see them put that story aside or uh show the result of that story in a in a loss or a win i think that to me is farther than um you know the wins and losses at the end of the day yeah, that is a great point you talk about. Sports supersedes everything. It, there's no race. There's no barriers to it. You come together and play. And it's about that competition. It's about teamwork. It's all about all those things that really benefits you and takes out all the X factors. And you just you just that unity, which which is awesome. But to go back to and for the listeners, you did the whole shabam. You played high school. And then you were good enough to play in college. Looking back now, would you do anything differently to change maybe the outcome or your trajectory of where you would have gone to or different schools, different divisions? Did you have changed anything about it? All in all, everything happens for a reason. 
But if it were in my control, there's a lot that I would change. Yeah, one of my biggest regrets in life is that I shouldn't take in that. I believe in every athlete because we're just talking about athletics here. Yeah. You, the same principle I think I believe can ap- apply to anyone that there comes a certain time where there's a fork in the road and you're like, hey, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life or try and get paid for it. And this is just going to be a hobby and I like it and I'll just do it when, you know, I have the convenience or the time to do so. Right. So <clears throat> I made that decision early on in high school that I wanted to have school paid for. I knew that I wasn't really going to get much financial help from my parents or anyone else just due to the nature of our situation. So I knew that I had to step it up and find a way to try and get school paid for. And so I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. For one, I thought that I could do it all myself, which is a a big Mm no-no. And I don't know, man. I just I didn't take it as seriously as I should. I uh, made a lot of bad decisions on the weekends that Mm. impacted my Mondays, which impacted my Tuesdays. It was just like a domino effect. Yeah. Right. But that comes with also life experience, learning, maturity. Right. I just wish that those life experiences and lessons and maturity hit me a little harder because who knows who knows where anyone ends up if they were to treat their sport like a 40 hour a week job. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to you just have to make it. You just have to do it. You have to figure it out. Yeah. And that's what you work on. And. That's really it. And what better time in someone's life than when they have no serious responsibilities Absolutely. to uh, try and hone in on what they're focused on and to try and get paid off of that or have that pay for something else and mm. then ha- have that be an avenue to even, you know, something else. So a lot of regrets, man. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Especially when you recall high school days. I mean, I think we have a laundry list of regrets or things you wish you didn't do or you wish you have done, Um, especially with sports, because, you know, like, oh, I wish I knew this during that game because then they could have changed the whole tempo of how I played, how it would impact the team's uh, chances to win, how I would have beat this guy, that guy. But you talk about giving more effort or you wish you tried harder. Would that mean maybe not going out as much on the weekends to focus maybe to watch film or just take care of your body more? Like what certain things would you have done differently? Because I'm sure there are some athletes listening to this who are in that maybe high school age or just transitioning to college and maybe doing some of the things that you already did, but if they're looking for that edge, they're looking for a couple things that would change their maybe trajectory of their college uh, recruiting from maybe D3 to D2, D2 to a D1, what would you advise them? Yeah, great question. And what I mean by weekend decisions, I mean like working on the weekends. Mm. So due to the due to the nature of my circumstances and just life situation that I was in at that time, I was just worried about, you know, making whatever I thought was an end, making those ends meet and paying off those bills and paying off those bills. And so I decided to, you know, do my thing Monday through Friday, work out the team, get a couple extra practices in. And then I spent all weekend working, trying to crank out as many hours as I can to make a paycheck and put that towards something. And I would just be burnt out. And I was really not actually giving my 100% to either. Mm. But I should have just been giving my 100% to sports, right? Because for 
everyone listening out here, you can always, there's always in this life in America, there'll always be a time where you can make money. You can always do it later in life. And actually when you want to, right? I mean, there's a difference between when you need to and when you want to, but you'll always have a chance to make money if you want to is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like why even do that in middle school or high school? Or even, you know, college, man. You can always do that later. Why not focus on what you want to before that next stage of life kicks in and you start that want to becomes now you have to because you're taking, you you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. And maybe one day others. Yeah. To me, that is perfect because you really want to focus on exactly what you want to head towards uh, and and your trajectory is going to be different. If you put in all that effort, I mean, it's true. What you put in is what you're going to get. Now, there are bad breaks, of course. But sure. to really maximize what you want to do, your dreams, your 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 outcome, the, the work has to be there. And you're, you're really highlighting the fact that you wish you went 100% on your sports. Even on the weekends, you'll be watching film or you'll be lifting or you'll be doing that extra sprint to give you that edge to be able to come on Monday and be ready to go, to be ready to rock, to be sharper, to be not only better physically, but mentally. Do you regret now working on the weekends? Do you think that kind of work ethic or working to afford maybe supporting your parents or fund creating a little more funds for your college, do you think that was a complete waste of time? So I wouldn't say complete waste of time. I don't think anything is a complete, absolute waste of time because everything serves a lesson in itself. It's just, could I have redirected my energy and my time and my thoughts towards something better? So it's just, uh, you know, how could I have done it better? Because I I wouldn't have, you know, gone back and changed it because, you know, that work ethic really set the foundation for, you know, my work ethic for the rest of my life to come. Yeah. Started early, worked, worked a bunch, right? Hopefully we'll piggyback off that and continue to work hard, right? So I wouldn't I wouldn't have changed that. I just wish I was just smarter with it. Was there anyone coaching you through this? Like, hey, maybe it's because the immigrant background, there we're so at least for me, we're so used to like working. Uh and I saw my brothers work at a very young age. So it it was never like sports was just a hobby for us. It was never like a means to an end. It was like, you're not going, you're going to NFL, you're going to NBA. It was never like that. So it makes sense to, yeah, you should play sports, but you should also week work on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change a thing because that's just, you know, how life is. If I could, I'd go back and redirect my energy <laughs> and thoughts. It's just, if I were to give advice to my younger self or to anyone else, it's just, uh, just, you know, live life at that age, you know, as, safely and as smart as possible but just do it while I can't go and you know drop my job now or drop my companies now and just go play football that's true I can't that's just not going to pay the bills for me that's just not in in the cards for me so why not do it because I'm a firm believer that every stage of life grants you the access to focus on something and To me, you know, from when you're born to when you die, I just see the level of responsibility when you're first born uh, being little to none and then really kind of increasing, increasing, peaking probably, you know, somewhere a third or halfway through your life. And then hopefully it's on the way down from there. 
you know? So when you divvy up that, that peak Mm -hmm. and those seasons of responsibility, I think it's like, man, when you don't have any, when you don't have as many serious responsibilities, why not focused on what you want to do or what you think is going to set you up better in the future? And to me, for me, that was sports in middle school and high school. And that's just not what I, what I honed in on. And now sitting here on this podcast talking about it as a regret. (laughs) That is absolute good advice, especially for the younger folks. I know you have a lot of things going on. Older folks too. Mark my words. You should not be working that hard when you're about to retire. Just, you know. Yeah. Cool if you want to, but if you have to, not cool. So what do you what are you telling the folks to do? I don't know what I'm trying to tell them to do, but I just hope that when they're about to retire, like I hope my parents don't have to work when, you know, yeah. when they come to that retirement age. Yeah. If they want to and it's out of just, you know, free will, great. Good for them, more power to them. I'm sure maybe when, you know, if I get to that age, if I'm blessed enough to get to that age, I don't think I could just be sitting around the house doing nothing. I'll probably just go do something that I like mm-hmm. for whatever it may pay or whatever, just cause you know, I'm bored and it's of interest to me, but not because I have to, for those that have to, I just, you know, I apologize. I'm sorry. And I, I hope that you don't have to soon, you know, cause if you're, you know, on the, you know, last third or quarter of your life, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Honestly, I think people need stimulation. I think people need to do things, especially at an older age. 100%. I think there is a rate where if you don't have nothing, a job, or if you don't have a people, a community you connect with, or you're not like doing, I don't know, golf, even at a young, older age, that sense of connectedness, that sense of purpose, without that, humans really suffer mentally, physically. So even if you are in a great position where you don't have to work, I think you should do something, join a club, join an organization, join something that gives you purpose, something you enjoy, even at an older age that you can do safely, of course, that that will make retirement actually retirement and enjoyable because you're retiring to have more time, right, to do, actually do what you want. But the purpose of retirement is not to just retire and just sit on your butt all day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, totally. That's not retirement. It's to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Exactly. And I think this goes back to what we were talking about before, how that humans are just tribal. And I think the experiences and lessons you can learn from humans being tribal and needing to gather with other humans and tell stories and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that definitely plays into effect what someone should do when they're retired. You know, enjoy the fruits of your labor. But but then again, like I want to travel the world by myself. You yeah. know, but I would love to share that with other people as well. And yeah. ultimately, your I significant do. other. <laughs> I know you got yes. one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I take that back. I just <laughs> put my foot in my mouth and just say my words there. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to hop on a plane and go somewhere myself, though. I agree. If you don't mind me asking you this, would you take this international? I mean, would you would you go set up shop somewhere international and not even maybe speak in another language? But, mm-hmm. I mean, would your aspirations ever lead you, you know, overseas for this podcast? If you got invited yeah. to do an episode with someone affluent in London, would oh, you absolutely. do it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason I wanted to start the podcast is to meet other people. And this is the vehicle to do that, at least in my opinion. If I get to a point where I'm in a blessed opportunity to talk to someone in London, India, so I don't know where, but just talking to different people, different walks of life, oh, absolutely, I'm taking it. 
But even if I get to a place where this podcast is huge and I'm like, you know, making good money and I have to, you know, have a lot of things, I would like to just have a more of a remote closed in type of space where I'm just kind of living on my own more on the country side of things, like where <laughs> I'm secluded and I have my podcast and I don't air all of the stuff, but I would rather have people come into like my place and have a nice like studio. your world, your environment. Yeah. Of course I'll go to different places sure. like, you know, on business trips, but to constantly be on the road and doing all those things, I'm not that type of guy. I'm, I'm just a homebody. I, I like being at home, the dog, the wife, you know, like just that very slow pace. Like I'd rather have like a lot of land that I can take care of on my own, but podcast as a vehicle as, you know, income, obviously, and to meet other people, interesting people. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's probably my dream life. Yeah. And I only say that just because, um, with certain ventures that people are taking, I know that they're comfortable at certain you know, levels and mm-hmm. scales. So I just didn't know what your aspirations were. So I thought I'd just pick your brain about it. Cause I know some people just want to, you know, keep it South of a hundred monthly listeners and just do yeah. it out of their garage and just chill. And to them, that's what they want to do. And that's great. So I just w- was just trying to gauge, you know, when I should uh, start buying plane tickets and stuff. <laughs> Honestly, though, I think that's a great topic you bring up because now that we go back to social media again, but it is a tool, a great tool, obviously. But I, every time I get on there, it's always about someone's highlight. I think you said that it's a place to go to see everyone's highlight in life. But that is not realistic. And when you continue to look at those things, you continue to feel like I'm not good enough. I need more money. I need more things. I need everything better that I have currently. And you get away from this stage where you're great, you're grateful for your where you should be for grateful every, every day. I mean, this thing called life, that's a gift every day from whatever higher being for me, it's God and you and I for it's God. When we get away from that, I think our quality of life decreases. But long story short, I think we should not feel like just because other people have different things, different lifestyles, it doesn't mean we should feel like we need that because we absolutely don't. You know, my goals and aspirations are completely different from yours. You can be 100% well off with maybe a 50K job, and that's great. That's great. And you have a great family, great whatever, and whatever importance to you is all there. That's a great life to you. To me, it's it's different. I have different aspirations. So, Yeah, and I think that's a, a good topic that you bring up, social media, right? We mm-hmm. talked about it on episode one, here back again talking about it on episode two. And I just want to uh, – social media and sports, and specifically the NCAA, mm-hmm. have something very much in common. And when I was invited back to do episode two, today I was doing some researching and found something very interesting – and I think I highlighted it episode one. But so now we are living in what's called like a creator economy. Yeah. Where everyone has the capability or capacity now to create something. Yeah, boy. And, and yeah, exactly. And to showcase that on social media. And now everyone, social media platforms and other large platforms are scrambling, trying to figure out how to get them paid and paid better than other people are, mm, right? That makes sense. Yeah, and so I was reading that Vine. Do you remember Vine? Yeah. Vine is six-second video clip. It That's kind of like similar to TikTok, is it not? It is. Here's what Vine's downfall was, was that they failed to get their subscribers, their content creators, mm. the people that were pushing people to Vine. They failed. Vine, as a company, organization, failed to get them paid so everyone fled Vine and went to something else at the time. Yeah. That could be monetized. And 
I mean, that that's the world that we live in now mm-hmm. where, hey, if, you know, if you're not going to pay me for what I create and who I bring to the table and yeah. bring the awareness and the marketing that I bring to your platform that I'm a part of, that I'm on, then I'll just go to the next highest better, mm-hmm. which goes into the NCAA of. Yeah. Oh, good segue. If I can get you to buy my jerseys, if I can be in a video game, if I can do all this and bring more, you know, sell, monetize my likeness, my name, mm-hmm. why shouldn't I get paid? Yeah. Everyone else is getting paid for it, right? They hide behind that current, oh, you're a college athlete, you know? Yeah, w- w- which is fine because I think at a certain point in time, don't quote me on this because I could be wrong, that there was some utility to that conversation, but that was probably in a time where so social media didn't exist. Yeah. Right? TV contracts weren't millions and billions of dollars. Yep. And the NCAA wasn't a trillion-dollar industry. Yeah. So now that argument does not still stand. It is a very age-old argument. And the restrictions, even playing in the NCAA, at playing at a Division three level, were pretty crazy. And then you have to think, like, hey – no one's going out and buying, you know, my jersey at a Division three school. Yeah. Right? Even smaller Division one schools. But for those people that are really bringing those extra set of eyes and just eyes in general to the TV screen on Saturdays, why not pay them? Yeah. Why not? That's another There's enough hole. money. There's a lot of money. But, you know, people want their pockets fatter, you know. That's and, right. And, that's absolutely uh, right. The, you know, but I mean, name name another name another industry where I provide you education, housing board, food, maybe some sort of little monthly stipend. Maybe not for everyone, and I can make so much more money than you. Like the value that's brought to the table by your likeness and your image, and then what I actually give you if we were to display that in dollar figures. Would not add up. Now, granted, I will say in the workforce that we're in, they're never going to add up. What I bring to my company, Mm -hmm. what I do for my company, and what my company makes, even when I was a W-2 income earner, right, is always going to be more than than what I'm being paid, right? Because the company has to make money, Yeah, right? They're putting me in a position to work, bring in sales, dollar figures, either dollar figures, either through sales or services for the company, right? And a good rule of thumb is that you're responsible for probably triple or quadruple what you're being paid for. You're bringing that back in to the company. Good rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. That same measurement is not applied when it comes to the NCAA. It is far, far greater. Like the extremes are way higher and lower. Yeah. You get paid less, you bring in more. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'll be one of those people that advocate for narrowing that gap down. Now, do I think the floodgates should open and we should talk about boosters and donors that could promise you six, seven figure Jersey deals if you were to go play here? Probably not. You know, just like with everything, there needs to be a little bit of oversight and regulation. How much? I don't exactly know. Yeah. But there definitely needs to be some sort of regulation. It can't be like a free for all. We just go to the highest bidder. The biggest colleges with the biggest sponsors and the biggest donors and I'm, the, why, big, why the biggest you? endowments. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would, I would too, and I'm pretty sure. Ask nine people out of ten, they will probably go to the highest bidder. Right, everyone follows the money. Going back to the creators' age that we live in, do you think that's a bad thing? Do you think that's a good thing? I think 
to be determined. I think it's just, I think it's just one of those life things. You know, I think it's great the opportunities out there to make other streams of income other than just, you know, an every two week paycheck, you know, W2 income earner working a corporate job. Right. So I think when it comes to the creativity and the number of avenues that we have now to make more money, I think that's great. I'm all for that. Uh, it's a great aspect of capitalism. I just, the downside to that is your life's going to revolve around it. Yeah. Right. Publicity, privacy, right. For me personally, that's very important. So I mm -hmm. can't go be, you know, a social media star and mm -hmm. cast my personal life out all on the internet. Some people can, I personally don't want to, but you know, it's, there's just uh good and bad, good and bad to it all. But I'm just curious. I, I'm more so curious to see where it goes and what the next age that we enter in and what that next thing is going to be where, how do you move on from if everyone has the capacity to create their own content or create their own product or service and monetize it? How do you move on and advance from that? That's a great question because because we did leave. We, I mean, humans as a civilization lived in ages where only certain people were able to gain income or whatever the income was at the time based off what they could do. But it it was everyone didn't have the same the same chance. Yeah, right. The Stone Age, different ages throughout civilization, where you had to have be skilled in a certain trade or be taught that. But now it's like everyone has the chance to make money and for free social media for the most part i believe platforms are for free i'm sure there's like an advanced level of social media that you can subscribe to for a higher payout or something like that mm -hmm. but for the most part you can start it for free and then take off from there you know so it's not i think it's more inclusive than anything you just need you know a phone and probably an email account versus the different times that we lived in as a human race it was pretty selective and exclusive. Yeah. Obviously, there are bad sides to it, but to me, it's so awesome. The you fact can create that, your own podcast and have it already be the number one podcast in the world? I mean, yeah. It's it's already <laughs> number one on the charts. <laughs> Sorry, Joe Rogan. <laughs> exactly. I'm, ta I'm taking over, Joe Rogan. But literally, I can watch a YouTuber about hunting, and that guy's making millions of dollars just doing what he loves. How baffling is that? There, there are kids who's just talking about shoes. Maybe not millions, even if it's not millions. Even if it's six figures, you know, it's yeah. still a pretty comfortable lifestyle. You're a kid <laughs> and you're making that. Yeah. I mean, how mind-blowing is that? We're talking about grandparents, parents who had to maybe sweep chimneys or pick up trash for pennies. Now, fools out here are selling Pokemon cards, talking about Pokemon. Not e they don't even have to sell. They talk. Yeah. They talk about it. Yeah. Make money. Talking. <laughs> Literally, you're in front of this digital device, and you're recording yourself, you're streaming yourself, and there are literally fans that love what you talk about, yearn for what you talk about. Now, of course, we can get into the dark side of things, but I mean, how amazing of an opportunistic economy age do we live in where if you are working hard enough if you have if you're passionate about it you can talk about truly what you love and you can do it for the long term like you talked about in podcast one you got to you got to be in it for the long haul if you want to do it you absolutely 
to make good money. Absolutely, certainly. Yes, that's Love how. That word. That's how. That word. That's how enthusiastic I am right now. Absolutely, certainly. Yeah, because I'm I mean, start saying that. Now. Yes, exactly. I'm not saying quit your daytime job to to pursue it full time and, and and just go bonkers. I mean, if you want to do that, by all means. But the fact that I can record with you, do a podcast, and send it off to the air. And have the opportunity of someone in across the world be able to hear it and tell my friend about it, promote it, and I get some sort of revenue from it. That's not the end goal here. I mean, I love talking to people, but I can that's that's an opportunity. I can make something of myself in that way just by making myself a commodity, not just what I do with Excel, PowerPoint Word, not those skills and not working for someone else's dream and making their company awesome. I'm working on myself to make my dreams a reality. And that, I mean, how could you not be in a, a favor of that? Yeah. So I had the the pleasure, the opportunity of meeting a 17 year old TikTok celebrity recently. And why I'm so fascinated with TikTok is because of two things. One, the algorithm that they've set the algorithm that they've created to have the viewer, it's the most uh, attracting and applicable uh, views and posts and stories to your, you know, your liking and your interest that that algorithm that TikTok has is very efficient and mm. really keeps you, keeps you locked in. And two, that I believe, again, I could be wrong, that they are the highest bidder in terms of all the social media social media platforms. Really? Uh, yeah. So he linked his PayPal to his TikTok account, and he was showing me that he was averaging months on average of twenty five hundred, probably to three thousand dollars a month. How and do that's, you? And that's seventeen years old with like no bills and living at home for free. And I thought that was pretty neat. You I'm know? sure his parents are happy about that. Yeah, they are. But here's the downside to that, where I tie all this back in, is he was granted the opportunity to be a college athlete, okay? Is on his way to play college sports, but had to sit down with the coaches and the board mm. at the school that he wanted to play in, and they told him that he could keep the TikTok. They told him that he could keep his TikTok account, make money off of it, but... He was not allowed to accept any sponsorships, endorsements, or sign any contracts while he was at the school playing for the NCAA. Really? 100% all true. So is he not going to play? So he actually, from what I heard talking to his mom last, he actually finished out his freshman year, didn't like that he wasn't getting paid to play, transferred to another, a bigger school, right, Listen to how smart this kid is, 17 years old. Transferred to a bigger school, and because when he stepped on, he told me that when he stepped on campus at the first school that he was playing sports at, right, he agreed to it. He was going to play his freshman year, loved sports, wanted to play college baseball, but wasn't going to accept any endorsements, contracts, and really grow in terms of revenue that he was, he was going to get, that uh, people already knew who he was when he stepped on small little school in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to a bigger state school where he can further expand his celebrity status and his content yeah. at the school. And now all of a sudden have all of his classmates tuning into. So you just went from a 30 person classroom yeah. watching your TikTok stuff to now three to 500. I mean, how, how smart is that kid? That's but very for, smart for the coaches and the board at that school 
to step in and tell them like, hey, this is now. Granted, I understand they don't make the rules, right? They're just the enforcers. Yeah, they have to do but, that. And I get that, right? So I'm not trying to shoot the messenger, but for them to tell him what they what to do in that capacity, man, that's just you know. But good for him, man. He stopped, transferred schools, went to a bigger school, and now knows how to use that school and how many kids are at that school as uh, just another avenue to grow his job on TikTok. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even think of that. So that is very smart, the way he utilized. That was not me at 18 years old. <laughs> but I think, again, that's maybe I even something I didn't even realize. Maybe that is a benefit. An 18, 17, 16-year-old is seeing the content they create is bringing in money because of that, of course, they can get immature and spend money and, and do all those crazy things when you're young, granted. But they're thinking at a different frequency. They're thinking, oh, how could I generate more of this? How could I do more of this? How could I utilize what I'm probably supposed to do, like go to college? But how could I still do what I'm doing, essentially running my TikTok business, making myself a higher, hotter commodity? by going to a different school, different, essentially platform, different people, a lot more people, and get that exposure. So, I mean, think about that, right? You, in your company, where you work, let's say you were just trying to make your podcast more known. How many people in your company living adult lives and having their own, you know, commitments in life would actually take the time to listen to it, even come on it, share it, do whatever, and now you're going to a school of twenty to 50,000 people who yeah. have nothing better to do, whose world revolves around social media, and now you're getting their backing. Like, how smart is that? Dude, that's a baller move right there. That is, that's, that's some next-level stuff, man. That's stud. That's his, his target audience. I mean, again, he just studied the game. Yeah, shout new. him out. What's his uh, thing? Zeldin Jackson. Zeldin Jackson. What kind Search of, what him kind up of? on TikTok. He just creates funny. 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 Again, uh, Love his mom, love his whole family, yeah. and uh, just a really smart kid and yeah. just uh, surgical. He is surgical with the business decisions that he makes, and that's why I want to shout him out and name drop him and show him love because who else is going to transfer schools and go to a bigger state school that, I don't know, maybe might be more expensive, maybe not, but the target audience is way bigger and information on college campuses because of, the nature of the age of kids and their activity on social media spreads like wildfire. I think that's an investment move. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's 18 years old, already investing in his, in, in himself that's and the content that he creates. Exactly. He's using college. He's putting basically money towards college to have a bigger opportunity. Big, it's like a, how should I say LA almost like you, there's so many people there, a lot of exposure, a lot of kids literally on their phones. And that is what he needs. And he's going to do that. Yeah, I think Perfect. I think the move in itself even speaks volumes too. Because I mean, say you live in a smaller city and you hear someone of some sort of status was moving from Los Angeles, word would get around. Yeah, you know. So now you're going to this bigger state school, and you hear of this guy coming from a smaller school, and you're like, you know, who is this? I mean, who knows? Maybe it, the school's so big that no one cares that he comes. But maybe there are other TikTok, you know, stars or celebrities that would even, you know, co-host whatever with him. Right. So that's even more expansion, you know. So, again, it's just a, a game of volume, right? And that's what I think it is, is that 
when it comes to creating your own content and posting on social media and building your own brand, the more people you can collaborate with, the more people whose hands you can get it in, the better. Yeah. Just a game of numbers, right? You went from a few thousand people watching your TikTok stuff and having a small school behind you to now possibly a 25, 30, 35,000 state school getting behind your content. I mean, that's that's pretty... Man, like, I, let that sink in. Yeah. Very savvy, I got to say. Surgical. Yeah. And again, I think that's a very important thing about the age that we live in. We are, because of the content they make, because of the money out, out there, the opportunities out there, kids are getting small, uh, smarter. Kids are being more methodical. Kids are being exposed to different things. Maybe at an earlier age, hopefully uh, most good than bad. But it's very, it's very impressive that a kid that age, when I would be probably thinking about absolutely nothing productive at that age, He's making moves like that. Business moves. Yeah, exactly. And that's only going to that's gonna teach him so much. I'm sure he's going to make a lot of mistakes, which he should because he's going to get better that way. But to get that experience, to be thinking at that level when he's in college, think about what he's going to be doing when he's 30, 40, 50. I mean, very, very impressed by him. But... Yeah, that's that's super super awesome. Yeah, and I think uh, the way to tie this back into sports, mm -hmm. much like I was stating earlier, the exposure to that you know sports like environment, that team like environment, unification, one goal, go after it. I think that exposure, the exposure when it comes to you know having your full time job be social media, I think the exposure that I'm proud of him having is he's 18, maybe 19 years old now. And he's already talking about contract negotiations. That's I wasn't doing that wild. until I was 23, 24. And not even not everyone gets to even do it at that age. Yeah. So he is actually has five years on me in terms of negotiating and fending, fending for himself in terms of, you know, dollars and revenue. Five years of time ahead of when I had my first contract negotiation. And now he just gets to build off of that. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's unreal. Yeah, he just beat the learning curve by like five years, and not everyone, not everyone even gets to do that in their mid twenties. Yeah, right. Really fortunate and blessed to be able to do so, but he just beat it by five years. And now people even younger than him are doing it at a fifteen, sixteen. Exactly. That when you know certain companies, I don't know, slide into your DMs or email yeah. you and say, "Hey, for X amount of money a month or a post, let's do this. Let's hash out the numbers," and now. Let's let's work. Let's yeah. collaborate. That's cr I never had any type of that exposure, and that's why I push for that in the most you know respectful and responsible way possible, because he's learning. Right when you build yourself up as the brand, you learn business very very quick. Right, right, because it comes down to you. You have to very quickly figure out how much you're worth and how much you how much you think you're worth. And you have to display that and you have to execute once you mm -hmm. sign, sign the dotted line and agree, you know, so that exposure at a young age is truly priceless because not everyone gets to do it. People can barely do it nowadays when they go into an interview, like we were talking about on yeah, episode one. That is true. People go into an interview and take the first offer that they get. And now you're being offered almost the same agreement and pay almost the same agreement and pay yeah. at 18, 19 years old. 
Yeah. So forget, I think the the time that we live in of, you know, every 16, 17, 18 year old kid having to go out and work a part-time job at minimum wage, that might just be dead and gone. Yeah. So do you recommend everyone out there to, so, okay, let's, let, let me rephrase the question because I might, I think this might be a better question. So if, Teenagers come up to you and say, hey, should I get on social media and talk about whatever I like doing? Would you would you say yes or would you say no? No. Why? I don't think it's for everyone. I don't even think it's for me. I have a website for yeah. my company, for my companies. Yeah. But I don't I don't have social media. Just cause it's not I just it's just not me. It's just not my thing. Yeah. So if anyone were to come up to me and ask for me, I'd have to, you know, tell them to look internally and figure that out for them. You know, it's just, it's a double-edged sword, you know, and the scary, the, the thing that I didn't answer is that the scary part about all this, you know, being able to create your own content, monetize it, have it paid for is that a lot of misinformation and people can still be paid off of that misinformation and that that content is a game of volume and needs to, get in the hands of as many people as possible as quickly as possible, which worries me the most is that rather than quality of content, it is now speed of content and how much, right? So instead of having a single high quality news article or post or story or meme, it is now average to less quality. How much of it can we put out there and how fast? And to me, that is very worrisome. That's absolutely true. Because, I mean, you see it with news. I mean, exactly. Literally. And what do kids, sorry to cut you off, but what do what do kids think of social media now as their news sources? Unreal, I mean, I don't even yeah. classify the, the news stations on TV as like, wow, like this is what I should live, yeah. breathe, and die listening to. Yeah. Right? But now kids aren't even watching the TV. Now it's social media. And whatever news is projected on social media, they absorb, take in, probably don't process, right, at that age. Yeah. And that's how they see the world or how it translates into how they see a part of the world. And that, to me, is very scary, which is why I say it's not for everyone. And it's really a parent-child conversation whether they take that route. I think so. Of course, everyone's going to be different. But if I had to give a yes or no answer, I would say yes. Really? Are you surprised by that? I am. Really? And I think what's more surprising about that is, did you experience that in your upbringing? What do you mean? Did your, were your parents okay with, you know, just letting you social media at any age and just full go diving into it? When I, when we were growing up, we. Because I didn't have a smartphone until I got to college. Okay, well then, yeah. And I think that there were certain reasons for that outside of financial I just don't mm-hmm. think I would have been responsible with it. And that's mm-hmm. just me being very blunt and transparent yeah. and just knowing like my weaknesses and who I am. Mm-hmm. But I think it was one of the best decisions my parents and I ever made. Really? I just didn't know if you were granted the green light at any age to do whatever you wanted on social media. Yes, because I got my first phone when I was in middle school, but we didn't have social media back then. <laughs> you, that's we, Facebook. Yeah, we, I think Facebook was starting out. No, yeah. MySpace, MySpace. Yes, MySpace, MySpace was... MySpace was my first one. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, but back then, there there was no monetization. There was no... The idea of 
you doing what you love, like or talking about what you love and getting paid for it. It wasn't that. It was literally kind of just connecting with friends. That was lit. That was it. It was very pure. There was no monetization back then. Yeah, like there wasn't a catch twenty two to it. It was. I'm just trying to see what my friends are doing. Literally, talk to them. Probably talk some smack. Yes, it's it's, a, it's basically like if you're in school, it would be another way to communicate. Essentially, it, outside it doesn't of school stop. hours. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't stop. But for the parent, th- the the reason I say yes is because, and I I don't think my parent like the the how I grew up plays any effect because. My parents, uh, they worked literally every day. So I was by myself or with my brother, brothers. So whatever I can do, it was just kind of up to me. I don't know. I think, and also my, my parents were, they never worked for anyone. They were all, they were always entrepreneurs. No matter how hard it got, they were, they wow. always found something for themselves. Maybe it's a little bit of that. But to me, I think when I think of the negatives and they're definitely there of social media, when I think of the positives, they're definitely there. And then especially to your friend's example, your the the 17, 18 year old, that's another profound example. And obviously maybe I'm thinking way too much into the positives of it, but if you're a parent or there's a good supporting cast to the social media star or celebrity, I think it could be a great way for them to find or do what they want to do in life, whether it's talking about soccer or starting your own company, doing these crazy things and living life at a such young age and making it your life to do these crazy things and opportunity and platform to have a voice like that. I think that outweighs everything. And you can support your family that way. Mm. You can impact your community in a hopefully positive way that way. I would just hope that they don't go in the the bad route of just becoming like your celebrity drugs, the money gets to you, all the negative influences, yes, people around them. Obviously, you have to be, that's a valid concern. But I guess in my scenario is like, if you have a good supporting cast, which I hope you do, I would I would tell them to run and get on social media and do whatever you want to do, post exactly what you want to talk about what you're passionate about because you never know you may just end up becoming you don't have to be become big you can just have maybe through it you can make i don't know five grand a month grand a month shoot can give your parents that money you can help out with that money invest in that money to your retirement or whatever it could be a vehicle to do something and if you're doing if you're talking about soccer or football that's something you enjoy like you're literally doing something you love. So what? What is not that better than just spending your time playing Xbox all day? You yeah, know? yeah. I think the million-dollar question is, do the pros really outweigh the cons? You know, from a communication standpoint, the ability to interact with people from all over the world, diverse groups of people, unreal, amazing, couldn't ask for anything better, right? But again, it just goes back to that, misinformation i just wouldn't want my kid for example which i don't have any but hypothetically to i wouldn't want what they see to shape how they think and for them to think that that's how reality that's what reality is right so i think it's very important depending on what you bring to the table of social media and what you're trying to do with it and how you use it as a vehicle to separate the difference between entertainment Mm -hmm. and reality yeah that's my concern no i I definitely don't take lightly of the negatives out there. 
Especially because there's so much negativity out there. Which, social media can be a very dark place. Very dark place. Um, For a latitude of reasons. Yeah. And, and shoot, you can just say, hey, have a great day. But, hey, don't tell me what to do, man. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just said have, have a great day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just what people are out there to do. I mean, there there's going to be haters. And most of the time when people get on their phone, they're very in an emotional state. And they're, they're happy to write whatever they want. I mean, because there's no consequences. Like, you're not going to say whatever you just said to me in the street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's... <laughs> that's why I haven't really been a fan of social media is because I'd yeah. rather be here with you and whatever we have to say we can say it face to face yeah and and figure it out whether it be for the positive or for the negative yeah you know versus people get away with so much because they know they're behind a keyboard yeah and it just like which is one of my other grave concerns is that what if we start to lose that uh even with the capacity to interact with people from everywhere and anywhere what if we lose how to talk to people face to face? That's again that that is an absolute valid concern, especially nowadays with COVID. There's less of a, uh, or we're we're making it less priority to to go outside and meet people. It's more virtual. Everything's virtual. The way we work is virtual now. But I think as a parent, you got you. you that's on you. You have to be able to teach the parent or the kid that. I mean, I know that's a lot of burden. That's a lot, a lot of pressure, it is. especially for people who are working nine to five and just busting their butt um, and, and may not be able to take care of their their child all the time. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm thinking in such a very positive light of social media, or not positive sure. light. No, but you're like, just like optimistic about it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, very I'm a like, little bit more pessimistic. You no, know, which is I think it sh- I should be more that way. I should be dead even. Um, no, you are how you are. But I'm just saying that because like you can learn a lot of things. You can go through. You can post a video, and and there could be three comments say "Go fuck yourself." But I think you can get through that and, and make yourself tougher, harder. And become a better, stronger person from it. I feel like, uh, like I'm, I'm more. This is like the most like life coach, uh, uh, you know, coming out of me. But I don't know. I think you should put yourself out there. Go through the mud of it. The people are gonna say negative things, but I think you should do it. And when you callous over that, when you get tougher from it, l- life will be a lot easier for you. Going interacting w- with people will be a lot easier with you. Going through harder times will be a lot easier for you. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I was at the grocery store or just in a in a drive-through lane and talking to what looked like was a teenager mm-hmm. and they had an AirPod in and their phone out or around them while they were doing their job and made little to no eye contact yeah. with me. And it's like, am I going to demand the world of people that work certain wage jobs? No. Yeah. It, is it sad to see it go that way? Absolutely. Like, I can't tell you the last time, you know, I saw a teenager working a job and I was in the same environment with them to interact with them. And it was just, you know, standing up straight, tall, eyes locked in and just waiting for you to finish before they started talking. Now it's head down, no eye contact, AirPod in, phone out, and just always just like attention span moving from place to place to place. Right. And how much of that are we going to lose? How much of that is going to hurt just that human conversation and and interaction, which I could totally be wrong. Everyone could try and be starting their own podcast and and be like this right now where we're face to face and we're talking. You're asking questions. I'm answering. 
trying, trying to wait for you to finish. But it's just how much damage is is that going to do? Where I mean, social media has accelerated the attention span. How much has social media just brought it down a few notches? Right. I was reading some other study or research that said that this is how many milliseconds or even seconds as a whole our attention span over the years has gone down and it's funny how it started going more down as social media and entertainment started to grow and grow and really just like the realm of technology and with the internet boom in the 90s and from that point on till now just started to grow how those two had an inverse relationship yeah i mean that makes sense though that that makes sense you have like for TikTok, for example, the the catch of it is that it's so to the point. Exactly. Within six se- seconds, you have to capture the user's attention span and to be able to click on your profile and watch more videos like, and, and, and subscribe. And it's literally give me the dopamine hit right now, right here. If you, if If it's not like that, it's going away. And that's like with YouTube, like podcast clips, they want to see just the good information and then cut out the, all the junk they want it now. And they want it, which is bad, right? Cause good and bad because instant gratification. Yes. That's always bad. You, always you, bad. Yeah. Always bad. So how do you, Dehan believe and feel that we should counter that and oh be boy. proactive in, you know, Really fighting against that. I don't. I don't get paid enough to answer that question. <laughs> but here, I'll do my best. This is why we're running it back on yeah, episode two. Exactly. Go subscribe to your boy's channel if you haven't already done so. Share, like, download, pay the man. Big <laughs> questions getting answered on episode two. I appreciate that. That's very hard question. I'll just come from a standpoint of what I know. Family structure. I. It, that is my rock. Discipline. That, yes, discipline too. Faith. That mm. that definitely impacted how I think, how well, like how I go about my actions. Um, I'm a believer in Christ, so obviously a lot Praise of God. yes, of course, and my actions stem from that and the beliefs in that. So, I I guess you combat all those things by truly understanding what your family values are, your religious values are. And hopefully that is literally the foundational layer that when everything sways, everything falls, you're able to ground yourself, catch yourself on those, right? Be kind to people, listen to others, be respectful. Like those are the principal foundation. Yeah, patience. Like all those good things that you were taught from day one, from church, from your parents, from your friends, you, you don't go away from that. And when you have that concrete layer, I think you're able to, at the end of the day, you might fall, you might get into a trap of those things. Social media is a very powerful, addictive tool, I understand. But when you have a very foundational layer in who you are, very concrete about your family traditions, foundations, I think that is your saving grace. So with that being said, at what age do you allow your kid to have an iPhone? Oh, boy. Um, I don't even know if it's going to be iPhone when I have a kid. I, maybe maybe it's like a it's like a digital like uh, glass. Just a yeah. chip. Exactly. Who knows? No, but seriously, I mean, what roughly ballpark? What age? Pro, I I think it's not up to me. Well, you know, as a parent, it is, but 
So you're telling me, kid comes up to you, five oh years old, boy. in kindergarten, sees another oh, kindergartner have an iPhone, goes up to Dehan, his father, and says, hey, dad, can I have an iPhone? Green light? I would probably, oh, boy. I would, pro- I would have to say maybe middle school or freshman year. Okay. Okay. Well, what are you thinking? I, I don't think I can answer my own question. What? I think that it just all depends on the maturity of my kid. And as they grow, it's a conversation. Why do you tell me that? It's a conversation that I'll have with my significant other. Yeah. Maybe include the kid, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But I think the floor would have to be late late middle school, early middle high school. And more for more for safety. Don't get me wrong, more for safety reasons, just so I, I can get in touch with them. They can get in touch with me if anything happens. So from a communication safety standpoint, that's really the only reason why I'd have to I am for it at that age, but for the point of entertainment, you know, it's not going to be just for safety purposes. You know that your, your child. No, 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 no. I know, but that's, that's what I, yeah, that's what I would base the decision off of is the safety standpoint of it. I wouldn't say like, Hey, I really think social media is like doing well. And there's a lot that you could learn from it, which sure there is, you can, but Again, it just has to be in like that. So if your son or daughter comes up to you and says, hey, I want to make content about this, would you let him do it? Elementary school, middle school, it doesn't matter. It would just have to be, uh, it's such a case-by-case basis. I don't know. It's your kid, man. How many case-by-case are you going to have? Well, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe Hopefully not many. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on a future question for you. But I don't know, man. Great question. I, I don't know. I have to wait and see. And I I can't answer that question until I cross that bridge, but I'll put that question on you for you to answer. Okay. I, I think it's from, oh man, I yeah. obviously we act like the, the man that makes a decision on the house. Clearly that's not mostly the case. It's a, a dialogue, healthy dialogue. But if I was a sole parent, I would probably. When did you get your first smartphone again? Middle school. Which grade? I think seventh. And it wasn't even ultimate. It was like my friend. And it dad, was one that had internet access. It was, you know, like the flip phone where it had the TV, like the thing. But that was it. There was no social media at that point. Right, the, right. Yeah, there but was it no, still had internet access. Yes, I could. But, like, my parents didn't obviously pay for that. Because, I mean, and I knew. We were very money conscious. I, sure. I, yeah, I was very money conscious at that age. So I knew I wasn't going to get that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Man, I remember I remember my first, my first phone was a Virgin Mobile prepaid phone. <laughs> and every text that I sent, I can't make this up, cost one nickel. Yeah, dude. So I literally yeah. at night would be texting my friends in seventh grade. Seventh grade, actually. And not, I'm not trying to steal your answer. I think I literally got it in seventh grade. But I'd be texting my friends late at night, Friday night, Saturday night. And I'd be like, hey, guys, I got to go. Like, I don't have much money left on my account balance. Because we would have to, back in the day, buy the prepaid cards. Yep. And somehow upload the card to the phone. Yep. And whatever you did on the phone would charge off on that account balance. Yep. I just remember getting texts and sending texts and I would just check my balance while I was getting and sending those texts and it'd be like five cents, five cents, yeah. five cents, five cents. Every time you send it or every time you receive it? I think it was both. I think it was both. Shoot, I definitely dude. think it was both. That yeah. Well, you got to remember it was a prepaid phone. Yeah. So it was a, everything was kind of like a pay as you go. And that's what the big selling point of phones at that time were. Right. Were that, hey, you could spend as much as you want. Or you could spend as little as you want. It's all pays you go. And now we just live in a world of one free flat price. Not free, but one low flat price. Yep. And everything's unlimited. 
So definitely uh, had to keep track of how many texts were coming in and going out when I was That's younger. crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah, crazy yeah. to think how far we've come from that and how I couldn't even get... The only thing I'd listen to on my phone rather than, you know, Instagram videos and Spotify were like already pre-downloaded ringtones on the phone. They're like yeah. 15, 20 seconds. Terrible. Yeah, it's just crazy to see how much we've progressed in just 15 years. That's true. Yeah, it really... You know, fifth yeah. or sixth of a life, you know? Yeah. If you could advise someone that's younger, that's growing up, what is... How do you find that fine balance between social media or you... Not even a content creator, just as a user of social media, because I don't think anyone can get out of it, right? Especially in the you day, you can't you yeah. can't run from it. The younger generation, because that's all they're going to grow up. With. You see little exactly. babies with iPads, phones, just playing games on it. So, I, yeah, to your point, I have seen again their parenting choice, but I have seen children not that old already on iPads, playing games, figuring it out, playing around, getting on yeah. the internet, and I'm yeah. like, what? So how do you find a fine balance for, or how do you try to advise a kid to find a healthy balance where my envision of a perfect way to use social media is like business marketing and all those things, Mm -hmm. but also to be able to understand that, that stuff that some people might say about you or comment on is there, it's just horseshit. It doesn't mean a single thing. There's negativity on the internet. Yeah, I think that is the Which, by the way, if anyone ever speaks negativity about this podcast... Oh, my Lord. I'll forgive you. <laughs> by the I'll way... I'll forgive you. You're, you're dumb, you're stupid, I don't like you, but I'll forgive you. Number one yep. podcast in the world. I, all about forgiveness, right? In our... That's right. But no, seriously, I think it would come down to um, that controlled environment like you were talking about and just being in control of that exposure... What I would love for my kid to do is go uh, through the same thing that I went through and see where that stands in the times that he's growing up in and how different it is then. So maybe that appreciation, that responsibility uh, hits a little harder to home, Yeah, you know? So I would love for my kid's first phone to be a pay-as-you-go phone where he has to pay. I don't know. I don't even know if they make them anymore, if they could even when that time comes. But if he had to pay, I don't know, say a penny for everything he did on a phone, I think he'd be a little bit more responsible with, you know, how much he was on there. Yeah. Right? What he did on there. Yeah. And I think then, I just, again, I'm not a parent, so I can't say, but just giving, uh, you know, a kid a phone of any age with full access to everything, totally not. I think there needs to be different stages and different levels of exposure, all controlled by the parent and what the parent believes in. And then just healthy dialogues and conversations along the way. But I promise you this, if I live to be a father, which I hope I do, and I have a kid, that he's going to know the meaning of work, hard work, value, money. And uh, hopefully all those things will play a role into the decisions that he makes. I mean, first and foremost, granted, raising the kid yeah. in, you know, Christ-believing household. Yeah. But specifically in the in the world of iPhones, technology, access, freedom, stuff like that, just you just can't give them everything that they want with a full go and green light. There's it's got to be it's got to be controlled and mitigated. I agree. But I'm sure like if, if I made you when you were in 7th grade pay, I don't know, say a quarter 
every time you took a phone call or made a phone call, I think you'd be more selective maybe as to who you called and who you didn't call. I know I'd be. I, yes, but do you honestly think that that as that teenager, do you think they're not going to rebel? Do you think they're not going to hate you for doing that? I'm sure that there's, yeah, again, I think it just goes back to the healthy conversation and dialogue part of it. I think if you can just get them to buy into the end goal, even if you have to you know, drag them from the start line to the finish line, hopefully that goal and the life lessons learned from that goal will overcome whatever it is that they think their peers are doing or getting and what their peers are not getting in terms of experience, exposure, and life lessons. So hopefully, now again, that's a lot to ask, uh, yeah. you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old. Yeah. But uh, that's life. I, I left because I feel like if there's any adult listener who's a parent, they'd be like, these two fucking idiots don't know what the fuck <laughs> yeah. they're talking about. Yeah, any, for all the parents listening to Healthy the show, dialogue, take, are you fucking kidding me? Like, with my <laughs> teenager, you're stupid, yeah. you know? I know, no, for... All the first of all, shout out to parents and parenthood. I can't imagine what that journey so is or how much, how much of a struggle that is. But a blessing, it's still still a blessing. True. So, but take everything that we say with a grain of salt, and that everything could drastically change like that. When, if we have kids, right? So I can sit up here on this amazing podcast and talk about what I'm going to do when I have a kid, if I have a kid. But you know, that's just in my. Are you going to come on the podcast and tell the world that you have a kid? On, on on the first, I will have the gender reveal <laughs> on the podcast. What episode number it's going to be? I don't know. You're going to have to stick around and find out. So yes. hit that subscribe and like button and share. <laughs> I really but do appreciate that. Yeah, I, of course. I, I, I think I, you need yeah. to say more. I th I don't know I because what happened? Because in all seriousness, I sent out the first episode to just close friends and family. Yeah, and uh, just going back to the attention span thing, I'm sure they clicked around. Yeah. And hopefully they clicked around and heard of, uh, you know, a possible sponsorship deal or how to subscribe and get more content. Which, by the way, shout out to Fiji. We have Fiji water here with yes, us. Yes. Some of the cleanest, purest, tastiest water on the planet. So shout out to Fiji water and the Fiji water foundations for yes. just trying to pres preserve the rainforest around the world, yes. doing good things. Yep. And uh, hopefully we can secure that Fiji sponsorship soon. So anyone working for Fiji that's listening to this yes. podcast, yes. hey, just uh, give it up for your boy. Hopefully uh, pass the word along and maybe we can score that collaboration. Hey, this podcast is coming like a freight train. It's coming. That's going to make it big. Alongside with some of the cleanest and purest and tastiest water. Exactly. In the world. We, we are supportive of Fiji, the water. We love water. We love rainforest. Exactly. We love all that stuff. So... Anyone that's a listener of Fiji or the CEO of Fiji, please reach out. Reach out. For all CEOs listening worldwide. Yes, yes. Hit I'll, that subscribe I'll, button. I'll, I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free. But then we'll have to hit you with that price tag later. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, eventually, but yeah. but all, all fun. But, no, I really do appreciate you always. Uh, I think you, you are literally the biggest fan and very supportive, very always giving me ideas. And not to cut you off, biggest fan without really being present on social media that is true right there yeah. there are ways you can support without being on social media and again it just goes back to the relationship that you have with the person and whatever they're doing and like yep. i said anything i could do to just further expand and, and market this thing man it's just it's just awesome man Tr what other podcast out there watch you like tomorrow or this week or next week, just get a bunch of messages from like other podcast holders. Like, how dare you thrash my <laughs> podcast? You know, we put out high quality content too, <laughs> which don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are podcasts that do, 
But and again, it's very subjective. Like, how can you quantify yeah. the the criticalness of a podcast and what they're talking about and the yeah. subjects and conversations and dialogue, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, of all the podcasts that I've listened to, tuned into, watched on YouTube, what other podcasts are just like this intellectual? And that's not to brag on my yeah my intelligence and your intelligence or our intelligences just working together, but just. Uh, why aren't we just having more critical discussions about hotter topics? You know? Yeah. I, I, that's what I want to talk about. I mean, I, I think that's the whole po- purpose of the podcast is to have a healthy dialogue with someone that's sitting across from me. That might be my best friend, a friend, acquaintance, coworker, Could be a stranger, absolutely stranger, or just someone who has complete opposing views from me. But to be able to sit down and have a non-aggressive, like, healthy dialogue and exchange ideas and both go our separate ways in a safe way but and just learn something and just, you know. Right. We should have more of that. We should. And again, to bring things back into the, the topics and the conversations that we have. Yeah. Does social media promote that or demote that because we're sitting here and have been sitting here for an hour hour and a half maybe Mm -hmm. a couple hours talking having a healthy discussion just picking each other's brains right but how much on social media are you getting that in the like section or in the comment section or on a post or just sharing a post and just moving from one piece of information to the other without really discussing it face to face eye to eye i think i'm the wrong person to ask don't <laughs> no, seriously. Though, the reason I say that is because I'm a type of guy who will post, who will do whatever I need to do to make it the content, and I'll post it. And I will probably not look at the comments unless it's like really not positive, but like people who are reaching out for help, whether it's like losing weight, like what I do, like with like health stuff. But now with podcasts, I, I of course I appreciate support and things like that, but I I'm really not of uh, I I don't care for people's negative opinions or people I, I don't know. Like, obviously I'm going to care for my family's opinions, like close friends, sure, but yeah. other people I don't know, I really don't care for it. It's not in a cold way, but I just don't know you. I just don't know you. Um, so yeah, I, I'm sure the other people who are content creators, they really do care, which is great. And, but one single negative comment will hit them really hard where for me, someone could just say, go fuck yourself. I'm like, that's I would literally just read through that, skip it. It doesn't. It's not. It's not going to affect how I. I might even it. like it. Yeah, exactly. I might say comment. I might comment and say thank you. Yeah, I'm like, hey, thank. Uh, you. Thank you. I will. That that is. I was very <laughs> bored. I might do that. I might just go fuck myself. That is a great one. That's you know, but like it just. And on me. the next episode, we're going to talk about go effing yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's actually we have a minute to wrap because we've been doing it for an hour and a half actually. So if you can best summarize, in a minute or two of the podcast and for the summer that's coming up how if i'm a person who is going to be hosting an event or anything along those lines for weddings parties and uh fiestas whatever for my event company yes oh that's exclusive man that's exclusive that's word of mouth only oh my god <laughs> I, mean, I, ha- I have a website no social media for it yeah but that's uh that's pretty exclusive man that's word of mouth okay yeah, okay. but that, that's just the marketing tactic that I have. That's, that's not, true. I mean, I could. That's true. You could have the worst company in the world and be exclusive. You could have the best company in the world, be exclusive. That you is know, true. It's whatever you want Absolutely. it to be. Yeah. But right now I'm comfortable with just being word of mouth and 
just having website, no social media pages. Yeah, I mean, only just yeah. uh yeah, I mean, the point at least with the with that events company that I do and the event planning that I do, I I'm trying to get to the consumer as fast as possible with no barriers of communication between me and who might hire me, right? I'm trying to get you on the phone mm-hmm. as fast as I can. I'm trying to get you maybe texting me as fast as I can. I don't want you to have to go on my social media website, which takes you to my absi- website, which takes you to my email inbox. Yeah, I'm trying to get you on the phone with me or in person as fast as possible so I can make that pitch and make that sale. Hey, don't worry about it, everybody. If you are in need of a host planner, wed- just event planner or anything like that, you hit me up and then word <laughs> through mouth, I will hit Roman up. You know Roman where to find me. You know where to exactly. find me. Exactly. Yeah, just hit me up and then we'll do hey, it. Hey, uh, let me ask you one, one last question before I get cut off. Is <laughs> that... Uh, what is your plan for this summer and where we are now as a nation and where this podcast is now? What are your plans this summer to just make it bigger and better by the time fall fall rolls around? So I am moving this weekend. So the good thing about that tough, is tough, tough yes, news on Memorial Day. I am moving. So I'm out of the, the baby is leaving Richmond before. Oh, um, I will be leaving. I'll be moving up to the D.C. area. Um, and the good thing about that is I always wanted an office. I wanted a studio where I can mm-hmm. make a visual podcast. So, Which we have a studio right now for anyone that's listening. Yes. Yes. But we're upgrading studios. Yes. So I will be moving into my new house um, and reserving a room. You hear that? Your boy is 26 years old. Podcast maker, creator, <laughs> and homeowner. Yes. Living the American How do those dream. titles sound? And and having your podcast out of your house, out of an office, that's pretty baller. That is the most exciting part about it. It's not the home owning part. I just wanted my own office where I can do work out of solely. To your question, I have plans of a visual podcast. You know, you, YouTube series coming soon. All all that stuff. I it's I'm taking baby steps, but I'm just happy that I'm posting and recording and having consistent content on a weekly basis i'm just proud of that just taking one step at a time yeah just like stacking up the episodes in the vault right and then just leaking them whenever you want to yeah exactly i want to be consistent i want to be fair to the listeners you know i don't want to post on monday and then then try to rush it and then or be late and then post it on sunday again you know yeah sure let me ask you this would you rather have all the free content in the world with everyone listening to it or exclusive content that people can only get by paying a price I would have a lot more people listening just so that hopefully I want to bring value. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to bring value to somebody. So if I can bring more value to other people, I'd rather do that. And hopefully I can, you know, have outside deals that would somehow support my lifestyle, which doesn't really need a lot of money. Um, I'm a believer in that. Um, But I'd rather reach a lot more people that have a secluded uh, pay and have less people, uh, which I don't think it's a bad option either. So again, testament to how difficult your question is, which is a great thing because that's critical thinking, uh, which all the whole pa- the podcast is about. But, that's right. Yeah, but is is that, is that kind of similar to your philosophy in terms of word to mouth and not social media? If for that one company, yes. Okay, yeah, that's just how I want to operate. That's how I've built my clientele. That's how I continue to yeah. travel to the places and the cities that I go to, and just keep that train rolling. Now, is that same strategy going to work for the other company or the other companies? Hopefully, I'll have one day. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's all for the entrepreneur and the founder of those things to decide. You know. Yeah. But uh, your boy's out here trying to change lives, man. 
literally giving out this content for free over a dollar right you pay zero dollars and zero cents just to listen to this zero down these high quality conversations so stay tuned for more episodes to come i don't think i can end the podcast any better hey roman i appreciate you coming on part two i think the episode two in the books yes and i think people are gonna wait for number three all right thank you everybody